Howdy ho, you bunch of spooky ooky bastards. It's your boy, Brian. Uh, One third of the Halloween is Forever podcast crew. Just throwing a little intro at the top of this episode with a a, a tiny bit of explanation. Um, For those of you who uh, are are already listeners of the show, you know that we upload a new episode to all major podcasts, platforms um, on uh, Mondays, every single Monday. However, this time around, we had a little bit of a snafu with, I think, a file size limit that we exceeded because this is a big old meaty boy of an episode but um so we did not realize that that was potentially the issue so we found that it was going to be easier to break this one up into a two-parter, but it is going up a little tiny bit late. So do want to apologize for for folks who are waiting for this episode, but thank you so much, as always, for uh, for tuning in. Um, right as soon as you're done with this part of the episode, part one, you can jump right into the thrilling conclusion of part two, which should be uploaded right around the same damn time. So should not be too much of an inconvenience for you. So you know what? Don't make a fucking big deal about it why are you making me feel bad why are you making me feel guilty about this it's it's honestly it's rude it's rude this is your fault this what i'm i'm gonna stick to that i have come here to chew bubble gum and watch john carpenter movies and guess what guys i'm all out of bubble gum welcome to the fucking october showdown episode of halloween is forever i'm brian i'm meg I'm Steve. Guys, it's here. We've been waiting 12 months for it. <laughs> it's the Halloween motherfucking showdown, guys. I'm feeling so good about this, you know? Uh, I am. I have no idea what to expect. This is going to be a weird one, and I'll explain in a couple minutes why that was the case. But as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Um, and we were just talking about this before we got on here. Couple of couple of interesting uh, uh, things to, to call out. One... We're getting an absolute fucking shit ton of new listeners, like like <laughs> thousands a day, uh, which is fantastic. Uh, and I'm very, 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 very thankful. And we all are very excited about that. Um, do you, but do you know how many people are listening to this that also have podcasts and they're just like, "Oh, is your podcast <laughs> successful?" Ooh, I know, so sad. I know. Yeah, we are. We are getting like thousands and thousands of listeners a week, which is which is tremendous. We're very very excited about that, and uh, it's not meant to rub it into other <laughs> podcasts or anything like that. Um, but uh, because we're getting so many new listeners, it uh, it. Um, uh, begs uh, obviously for us to do a little explanation of uh, who the fuck we are and why we're and what we're doing in this episode. So for those of you who have been listening for a while, uh, our loyal Halloween is forever uh, listeners who have been here since the summer when we started off. Thank you so much. And for those of you who are new, what we do every single month is we pick a topic, a subgenre, a something, uh, and then we each pick a, a movie that we feel represents that topic, that subgenre, whatever it may be. Our listeners, our social media friends on the Instagrams and the Twitters and this and, and all that stuff. Um, they help us pick what that topic is. First of all, they suggest the topics. We have a big running list that we choose from. We randomly generate three and then we put it out on social media and have our friends help us pick what we're going to talk about. This time around was a little bit different because we did do the topics, right? Uh, and John Carpenter Films uh, ran away with it. 
you guys helped us pick John Carpenter films. But then what we did is we put a whole mess of John Carpenter films on a roulette wheel uh, on Steve's phone. And then we ended up with what I can only describe as three of his fucking worst films, um, <laughs> which is going to be very, very fun because it would have been very, you know, and, and obviously you're hoping for like Halloween, Halloween or The Thing or Prince of Darkness or They Live or something like that. But then it comes down to like, we all have such deep, admiration and affection for decades for those films Mm -hmm. that you already kind of have your mind made up a little bit Mm -hmm. so this is me trying to put a a positive spin on getting dealt an absolute shit hand by the roulette wheel (laughs) but we were the roulette the roulette gods doth frowned upon us um and we got three of John Carpenter's um, lesser known and frankly uh, lesser celebrated horror movies. But <laughs> the beautiful thing about that is, is we're coming in with kind of a clean slate because we all either already didn't like these movies or had never seen them. <laughs> and, yeah. Yeah. and I'm a John Carpenter fan. I mean, you can see I have the John Carpenter movie posters and shit all over my my uh, uh, office here. But my goodness, um, there was one of them I'd never seen before. Um, yeah. And I yeah. think a couple of you. Um, I haven't seen any of them. You hadn't seen any of the three. So these are all first-time watches for you. Steve and I had never seen The Ward. Um, So without further ado, the movies, we talked about this on previous episodes, so obviously no spoilers here, but um, I drew the unabashed... uh, (laughs) I I, I mean, I don't think I'm speaking as a school here to say that what people point to as John Carpenter's worst film in most instances... (laughs) It drove him out of film. (laughs) Ghosts of Mars. So I drew Ghosts of Mars. So we put some whammies on the spin, right? Mm -hmm. On the the roulette wheel. And (laughs) turns out we hit those goddamn whammies. So I'm Ghost of Mars. Steve had a film from 2010. So 2001, Ghosts of Mars, right? Steve got a film from 2010 who, this is the one that none of us had seen, which is called Mm -hmm. The Ward. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Meg, you got from 1995. Am I mm-hmm. correct in saying that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 95, yep. 96. I think it's 95. Um, it is a Village of the Damned, which is the remake of the 1960 60 movie, which is mm-hmm. a mm-hmm. Uh, film adaptation of a book from several years before that. Um, so some of these movies you may know very, very well. Some of them you may not, and that's kind of where we're at. So. Going into this, if it was like The Thing and Halloween and, and, and Prince of Darkness or They Live or something like that, I think we would come in kind of knowing who was going to vote for what. Like, I'm a diehard fan of Halloween. You know what I mean? Like, we kind of know what, what we're right. I have no idea where this is going to land. So I'm pretty, right. exci- I'm pretty excited about that. So um, <laughs> it's, it's good for two reasons. One, we don't know how today's going to do. No. Two... We might we all can, be dead. We, we might well, all die. We're not going to die. But <laughs> okay, 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 good, good. What thanks. we can do is promise the audience... That next year we'll have John Carpenter films again as a choice. Yeah. And if they pick it, we'll do the roulette wheel again, but we can do it with all good choices. Yes. <laughs> yeah, we will take the three worst choices. We'll be off the board. Yeah. Um, so but, we, we, uh, so it, it's a tease to get people to listen for a year. <laughs> you have to listen for 12 more months. Yeah. And then... You then might we'll talk get about the thing. some good John Carpenter. <laughs> no, there's no way that we don't pick a subgenre between now and then where we talk about those movies right, as well. Right. So we shall see. Yeah. We shall see. Um, in any case, uh, I mentioned helping us vote on the social medias. Please do that. If you feel so inclined, give us a follow over at the Instagrams. It's at Halloween is forever. Um, we're also getting a lot of great traction over there, which is really fun. And we post tons of spooky stuff daily. Um, and uh, Meg is actually doing something really cool on there and on the mm, TikToks. Mm, mm. What's yeah. our TikTok again, Meg? You, it's Meg, Halloween Meg's is the only forever. Knows what TikTok is. So. 
it's Halloween is Forever Pod. That's the only, ah. la, yeah, last episode we, we fucked up there, but Halloween is Forever Pod. Come follow us. Ha- Halloween is Forever Pod on the TikToks. Again, yep. I still do not fully know what the TikToks are. <laughs> the app is on my phone. I'm scared to click on it. Meg is handling that over there. Um, and she is doing a uh, 31 Days of Classic Horror, which yeah. we uh, we put Super together a excited. list. And she's spearheading that and made a spooky-ooky little video to introduce it. And I've been mm-hmm. keeping up with it. Yeah, um, no, it's really awesome. And uh, I had seen of the first one, there was the the Satan at Play one. Um, what was the first one that I had uh, not it, seen? It's like the Haunted Mansion one. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, and then there was the one that was like the House of Satan. Um, I oh. don't think I had seen that one, the little short film. Yeah, because there's on X-rays there. on day one. It X-rays, was that, I yeah, see. and then yeah. I think the Haunted Mansion, the one that you just mentioned. Yeah, yeah. And then the uh, Satan at Play. Yeah. Yeah. So um, uh, we're starting from the first day of October all the way through Halloween, obviously. And we're picking, uh, we're starting in the silent film era with mm-hmm. some films from like 1907, 1910. And it's going to mm-hmm. go all the way up to, you know, I think it, we're finishing in like the 60s, right? Early 60s-ish or something yeah, like that. I late think 50s, Psycho, early 60s. Psycho's the last one. So Yeah. So that'll be super fun to revisit some of those because uh, many of them I've never ever watched before. And actually a handful of them I've never seen. So I'm excited for that. Mm-hmm. It's nice because um, a lot of them are on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I know, yeah. yeah. A lot of those ones, I was like, oh, these are like French silent films. And then I mm-hmm. look at it, it's like, oh, it's six minutes long and it's on YouTube. But it was really, mm-hmm. really interesting to see. And and I'm a sucker for anything in like really grainy black and white just makes things creepier mm-hmm. to me. So mm-hmm. uh, Yeah, the first one on that list, which if I remember is that the like Haunted Mansion one, the fr- and that's a French one that was like listed as like the first like horror film ever recorded and it was kind of cool to see like how they view horror in there it's just like all this almost like magical mystical type thing where you know it's almost it's, like a, a a magic act satan doing yeah. a magic act is like yeah. <laughs> what most of these are which is cool yeah. it's doing the shit that when me and my friends made films when we were little and we'd like hold up a like a basketball yeah. and then cut the tape and then drop it and put your hand back in the same place be like it's gone like, that, <laughs> that was film back the then. flying bat that yeah pretty much is great <laughs> um, but yeah so we need to do this at some point maybe it's a maybe it's an after the 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 holiday season thing or something but so meg was the the thing that kind of started this off is she was like i haven't seen a lot of these like super classic you know 20s 30s 40s you know type of horror films so we Mm -hmm. helped you know we kind of put the she put the list together we were like throwing suggestions out there and stuff because it's just a blind spot for you some of that super Mm -hmm. old horror stuff right Mm -hmm. um and you kind of explain that in the video check it out on the tiktoks or on the instagrams oh and i should probably say at hallow forever on twitter Halloween is Forever podcast on Facebook or Halloween is Forever pod on Gmail, especially if you got somebody me suggestions for episodes you want to throw us. Um, but we were talking about this before we got on. I, my blind spot in that is a <laughs> Halloween horror adjacent thing is is metal music. Like I've never been a huge. I was a I was a punk skater punk kid. I was diehard yeah. with Misfits, Danzig, Minor Threat, Black Flag. Like that 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 was my that was my shit um, when I was in you know middle school and high school. But never really got into the metal scene. And I only know stuff that's like super um uh like theatrical horror metal you know like i like ghost i like uh um you know i mean I don't, would you call alice cooper i mean alice cooper's yeah. The metal yeah, yeah kind yeah, of yeah, yeah. i yeah, like I, you know i like all that stuff um but you guys are way more into that <laughs> that sort of thing i like like king diamond <laughs> like anything where they're like yeah there's gonna be 
spooky shit happening on stage, then I'm like, all right, I'm into <laughs> this. It's kind of like falsettos a too. Yes, that's yeah. where, where do you stand on Guar? Oh, I like yeah. Guar. Okay. Yeah, I, I tend say. to yeah. like. I do it's tend to like the more like theatrical type of singing style. Like I, I love Bruce Dickinson. I love, I, I love Maiden. So mm-hmm. like. I just mentioned King Diamond and Maiden, so that falsetto is definitely right. that whatever reason I'm attracted to. And Guar is the opposite of that. Yeah, yeah. exactly. <laughs> so I like Guar, and I love the stage theatrics and mm-hmm. stuff. But like, I don't, I don't even know where to start. Like, I'll look at a Guar. I watch music videos or a live performance on YouTube, but like, mm-hmm. I don't know what to start with. So maybe that's something we gotta do at some time with like 31 Days of Metal, and you guys can tell us what's <laughs> it, what I what I need to listen to on a given day. I'm just gonna I make you listen lost. to Cannibal Corpse every single day. Oh, yeah, <laughs> that was what we were talking about. The only other thing I have as far as like my my look into like the metal scene is I like you know friends that were really into like hate breed you know what i mean in high mm-hmm. school and stuff like yeah. that it's kind of we were talking about it's a little bro-y-ish i don't know yeah, yeah. um <laughs> or at least my mind it was jeremy just is a posy dude you know yeah, yeah. <laughs> see i don't I, know what that means i, I don't even know what you, i don't even know what you, I he's, love, po- he's positive yeah he's, oh, i posi- love jamie okay, just okay. as a yeah. person and he i like his podcast alone is amazing but every time i hear his music i cringe a little bit because of like <laughs> that hardcore style of singing where it's just like mm. yeah let's be friends the messaging and the sound just don't always gel well, that's yeah, like a, the lyrics really aren't like great idols. Usually. you know the band idols yeah i'm going to see I them really... next weekend oh wow that's incredible that's where i'm going to detroit but i also am seeing oh, okay. them in baltimore the following week so yeah so mm. i love them but they're great too because it's yeah. like the theme doesn't match the tone of his voice <laughs> at all He's like, yeah. let's hog it out. And he's like screaming. In the- yeah. Um, I, I like the way he does it with that like yeah, yeah. positive. Well, he's end. got the British. The accent always helps, right? The uh, Cockney yeah. nature that, that I'm a sucker for it as well. Yeah. Um, what's the name of the band? Typo, typo po- negative. Typo negative. So I know yeah. that he's the guy who like he's a big giant guy who I think is fully convinced he's a vampire. Am I mistaken in that? Yeah, way he's like, that? yeah. And in like when it comes to like Halloween ish time, the moment October hits, everyone's just talking about typo negative where I like like talking about him as a vampire and he's like super sexual and like well, all of his music like sad boy stuff a <laughs> yeah. little bit too there's a lot of sad boy ter- like uh tones in the music and his last name is Steele what's the guy's name again Peter Peter, Peter Steele Steel. I had a friend in high school who I haven't talked to in a while uh, that uh, I won't say his last name. His name's Scott, because if he would ever listen to this, he would know he would have to fess up to this immediately. He is also <laughs> really tall, dark, jet black hair, really tall, really big dude. Kind of looks a little bit like him in a weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we would be playing like Goldeneye when we were younger, you know, and you'd have to put your name in, like what your name is going to be or anything. We'd be playing any video game and we had to enter a name in and we'd always put like, you know, fart shit, you know, some dumbass, <laughs> like, you know, just whatever, you know, 13 year old boy would put in there. He would always put cold steel. <laughs> <laughs> and we would make fun of him so fucking hard. That's pretty great. Being, yeah, my guy's name would be like Turd Face, and then his would be Cold Steel. Uh, Cold Steel. So every time I think of that guy, I think of my friend Scott. Um, <laughs> so uh, in, in any case, uh, let's let's get into uh, well, let's let's talk about beers. Anybody got beers? I know Meg's Meg, in lieu of beers is enjoying a nice. What did you call it? Um, it's an apple cider mimosa. 
Oh, I was, th- I was thinking what you're eating. <laughs> oh, a my harvest food. Bowl. Yeah, I'm eating a harvest bowl. I have destroyed my body all weekend, so I decided that I needed all the vegetables in the world today. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just a f- bowl of farts, basically, is what it sounds like. It, my breath is going to smell very badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but you were going full on apple cider mimosa. I yeah, got uh, top to bottom. Yeah, I saw a picture of you yesterday with what appeared to be was that that was that was a uh, a Bloody Mary of some sort or something like that. Is um, that accurate? Yeah, I went uh, Michelada. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah, I did. Yeah. I did have a Bloody Mary, then I switched over to Michelada. So, you know, both, both. <laughs> all of the above. Yeah, I like to. I like when you get the opportunity to switch drinks and switch gears and what type of uh, booze you're consuming, and it's still brunch. That's mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm a big fan of that as well. Um, I'm going with again. You know, we were talking about pumpkin beers, and it's certainly tis that time of year. I'm an unabashed fan of the pumpkin, the pumpkin beers. A um, lot of cool local ones around here, but you know what? I'm going with uh, Sam Adams Jacko. I've just been crushing this one because <laughs> it's four and a half, four point four percent. I mean, what other pumpkin beer has that much character that you can just crush them at four point four percent? I don't know. I'm I'm I'm, I'm digging it though. Yeah. Nice. I am going. I'm drinking healthy. Ooh. Ooh. You can't see can't it. Can't see it. On the video. Um, yeah, it's the abjuration uh, matcha tea milkshake. Ooh. So it's matcha. That's healthy. <laughs> and it comes out very green. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, can it, I want to see that color? It's pretty looking. Yeah. Yeah. Very green, very spooky. Um, but yeah, it's not like one of those sour slop type deals. Mm-hmm. Where they, they mm-hmm. yeah they made some goofy green thing. It just tastes like um it tastes like uh, Starbucks's green tea frappuccino. But oh, interesting. Yeah, but beer form. You know what I I'm a uh, uh, we've talked about on the show. And for those of you who are new to the show, I am just a a, a pumpkin spice slut. Uh, <laughs> I love <laughs> pumpkin spice candles, pumpkin spice anything, and I love like warming kind of mulling spices like year round. I love that kind of stuff: cinnamon, nutmeg, clove, and allspice and all that stuff. I'm usually not a huge Starbucks pumpkin spice latte guy. It's just like a little sweet for me. Mm-hmm. But they've got this pumpkin spice cold brew thing mm-hmm. happening right Ooh. now. That yeah, that's I what I fuck, fuck up with. Oh yeah, it's so good. Yeah, do you get the cold foam on it? Oh yeah. Fuck yeah, I get the cold foam. Yeah. <laughs> what do I look you like? Know Some what? Kind Dunk- of <laughs> Dunkin' Donuts has like very similar thing that and yeah. Dunk where I live now, Dunkin's right there. So I have to yeah, yeah. I have to go that route, but. So. Yeah, I saw the commercial for the Dunkin' one. I'm gonna go try that. I love my Dunky Doos. <laughs> my order is ice uh, ice coffee with a mm-hmm. uh, little. Do the pumpkin shot mm-hmm. and then oat milk. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I made the That's horrible fancy. mistake of because I'm like I said this time of year I'm I'm putting the pumpkin spice cream I'm usually a black coffee guy but I put the the or espresso I put the pumpkin spice creamer in all, all season right as soon as it hits the <laughs> shelf I'm going pumpkin spice I'm, creamer the, every day the, I feel like those are such conflicting things dude like you're yeah, like I, know, I, 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 I go from black coffee to all the spice and that's a shoulder <laughs> shake one all the spice it is literally. Uh, uh, yeah, just turn on a dime. Going from just black coffee all year round to September 1st, I'm going super sweet pumpkin spice everything. <laughs> so it is definitely an about face. But um, I made the mistake. Speaking of oat milk, I made the mistake. Uh, I ordered groceries and they didn't have um, they didn't have the pumpkin spice creamer. So they substituted almond milk, pumpkin spice almond milk. Fuck yeah. Mm. And it just turns into goddamn scrambled mm-hmm. eggs in your, in your yeah. fucking coffee 
it just coagulates and, oh, and, yeah. and just like yeah all all the proteins just like coagulate into these ribbons it looks like fucking egg drop soup in your it looks like it looks like <laughs> fucking cold break you know what i mean like, <laughs> yeah. or, or hot breaking your kettle you know it just yeah. it looks like freaking yeah it, it looks like trube that's just gonna settle to the bottom of your fucking glass so um i was i was mad about it um i flipped the table in my room in my house and made a whole scene um but yeah that's that's my shit that's my shit that'll teach him bitches. <laughs> you don't think that I'll cut off my nose to spite my face? I fucking will, and then I'll write you a letter about it. Um, no, I won't. Um, so, Steve, for those of you who are new, once again, we do this every month. We do the showdown episode, and then our off episodes are what we call mini sods, which has become a joke of sorts because they're two fucking hours long. <laughs> but um, they... mini sods are still shorter than the showdown, so that's how. Our... <laughs> yeah, the showdown is nine relative. hours. Yeah. Um, so we had uh, we the mini sod after. Uh, the main episode is always whoever wins gets to pick, you know, a punishment if they want to, or they can be uh, a benevolent champion, as we've discussed before, is if you win, you can either inflict pain by making uh, your fellow co-hosts watch something absolutely fucking dreadful, um, or you can, you know, like I said, uh, be be a kind and, and gracious uh, champ. Um, we do have a championship belt, again, for those of you who are new. I'm looking at it right now, although Steve... Uh, currently holds that belt. Um, he is currently the champ last uh, month in our uh, modern slasher episode. Steve took home the belt. We have now all owned the belt at some point. Steve won last month. I won the two months before that. Meg won mm -hmm. the first month. So I might add, I am still the winningest champion in the history of Halloween's forever. <laughs> I, but that could all change today. It could. Well, it will all change today because there's no fucking way I'm going to win this month because I drew Ghosts of Mars. So one of these two are going to bring it home and I'm ultimately going to probably determine who that is. I don't know probably. for sure. Um, so one of them. Brian, you look me. really great today. Hey, thanks. Um, I have accepted my fate. Uh, as soon as I drew Ghosts of Mars, I was like, your boy's not bouncing back this month, uh, so maybe <laughs> well, in November. I mean, there was there was a possibility because we had never none of us had seen the ward, so we that's didn't know true. we didn't know how bad that got if it got bad. Yeah, right, that's true. So. That's true. Um, so uh, so long, wildly about uh, way of saying that Steve gets to pick the order as the champ. Uh, comes with uh, comes with all the, the the benefits of the champ, and one of those is you get to pick the order for the next showdown episode. So Steve will pick who goes uh, first, second, and third in our John Carpenter Roulette Showdown. Mm-hmm. And with that, I'm not going to belabor the point. Uh, we're going to go Brian, Meg, <laughs> and then myself. Okay, bring it up the rear. Bring it up the yeah. rear. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I, I dabbled with a couple of different tr strategies going going uh, typically in the middle, uh, but Steve's going to bring it up, bring it up at the end, which uh, I, I can I can appreciate that strategy. I, I, I was going to make Meg go first just to make her mad, but I just think it's better to. <laughs> I was about to compliment you, too, but I didn't want to draw any attention to myself. <laughs> 
Meg actually, you guys can't see or who aren't watching the feed here. Meg slinked down below the camera and just <laughs> pretended she wasn't there. So Steve went bigger to go first. She hates going first. Yeah, I, I, I was going to. Like, that was yeah. my original strategy before we even picked movies. Yeah. I was like, I just make Meg go first because it's funny. <laughs> just to freak her out. She just to freak her out. So. But I just what? think it's important that we just get Ghost of Mars out of the way. <laughs> yeah. You know what? And honestly, I'm I'm kind of excited because, again, I'm not going to win. This is this movie is an absolute pile of fucking horse shit. But it's going to be fun to talk about. I think. Yeah, yeah it's I think so. Silly bad. It's um, so silly bad. It, yeah, it's really, really, truly the case. So, um, for those of you who have not seen Ghosts of Mars, this was kind of touted in a lot of ways as like John Carpenter's kind of return to form in a lot of uh, in a lot of senses in 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 2001. This was a big project. It was a pretty pretty high budget project. It had some some high profile people attached to it. Doing a little bit of research on this, there's a lot of speculation. Um, and this one, I I have not seen this come right out of John Carpenter's mouth, but it does seem to be a generally um, accepted uh, uh, idea that this was originally pitched as a um, another sequel to Escape from New York. So Escape from L.A. unfortunately bombed, um, yeah. which that's a silly dumb movie but like it's kind of fun like i like it. escape from la okay um escape from new york is very much of its time and it's easier to kind of give it a little bit of leeway and i mm-hmm. love that movie and i love kurt russell so i will yeah. listen i will i will swallow whatever bullshit kurt russell throws my way i don't give, <laughs> I, don't, I don't give a shit uh i i adore him but escape from la bombed so hard Okay, it's got a guy surfing in a post-apocalyptic L.A. city alongside someone driving in like a fifty Chevy convertible. Like I'm, I, I, I love that that scene. It, but if, if I don't know, I don't want to harp too much on Escape from L.A. But it's like if the effects were better in that yeah. movie, I think it would be looked more favorably upon. But like that scene that you just described is one of the most egregiously like I fucking things i know because but it's, it's so silly that's why i love it's so it it's silly so but dumb. it's like if if the effects were better for that silliness then yeah. it would be more loved i think perhaps perhaps and i think probably people are looking out with with rose-colored glasses a little bit now um and maybe people were it seems people are starting to do that with ghosts of mars because i posted something about it on the instagram and i got a lot of very mixed responses anywhere from i fucking love this movie it's my favorite really? movie to i want this movie to burn like it's <laughs> all over the place and that is that is normally the the cycle you know what I mean? Like 20 to 30 years later is when people all of a sudden are like, no, that wasn't bad. That was good. <laughs> like, yeah. mm. Anyway, uh, that is that is um, obviously a matter of opinion. But this was pitched as a, a, a Snake Plissken Kurt Russell vehicle and it was going to be Escape from Mars. Hmm. Knowing that it makes a lot more sense. Like this would make a lot more sense as a Snake Plissken type of, of of silly action horror sci fi escape movie, mm-hmm. um, and we'll get into it. It doesn't land that way at all. But yeah. um, so so it jumps off and and again futuristic sci fi post post it doesn't necessarily it's not it has a post apocalyptic feel but it doesn't take place on earth of course it takes place on these these colonies earth uh colonies human colonies on mars in the year 2176 and they're in the process of like terraforming um 
uh, Mars. And I think they mentioned that they're 80 some percent to uh, to the um, Earth's atmosphere. So it's livable. Mm -hmm. uh, And there and there are colonies of humans all over Mars. There's different like bases and villages and all that sort of thing kind of spread all over the 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 planet. And there is this kind of roving um, something right almost a cloud of if you if you will uh kind of passing across and leaving all this destruction in its wake in these various villages and settlements and things like that all over the uh all over the planet of mars um boy that soundtrack is like listening to nails <laughs> in your ear that industrial and i'm oh, a ca- so i like intense. carpenter's music um mm-hmm. you know it, it's obviously you know, typically kind of a little bit more on the simplistic side this is very like intensely industrial uh yeah. 2001 almost it sets the tone for how serious they were taking them type of thing yeah they were definitely setting the tone for how serious they were taking themselves in this movie yeah, too. yeah. i honestly didn't hate it though like i i mm. might be the outlier when i say this but i i yeah. didn't hate it um yeah. and the soundtrack is john carpenter's composition as mm. performed by anthrax steve Vai, and buckethead yeah but it comes out sounding like the soundtrack to the uh, game Doom. Okay. I could see which, that a little bit. Which, yeah. I mean, fits because that was all about demons on Mars. Why does it... It felt a little bit more... And this these are not my genre. Like, I know who those people are. I know who Buckethead mm-hmm. is. I know who Anthrax is and stuff. But, like, mm-hmm. this is not my genre. But... Mm-hmm. They it definitely had a bit of a of a weird new metal vibe to me. I don't right. know if that's if that's accurate or not, but that's what got stuck in my head when well, I heard it. Well, it makes yeah. sense because of when that time period too. Right. Exactly. You know, this was totally. late nineties, early two thousands, right? Mm-hmm. Um We were but, all wearing you know, Janko jeans and, you know, <laughs> listening to Limp Bizkit and all that stuff, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, we were we were down with the sickness, every single one of us. Um, but nice it, 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 it was uh, he still put his name above the title, which I appreciate the balls to put to to make this John Carpenter's Ghost of Mars. Still, you know, he he likes this was around the era where he was doing name above the title shit. Though mm-hmm. obviously mm-hmm. it was it was John Carpenter's vampires. You know, it was it was it was John Carpenter's now. That's a very generic title, and John Carpenter's Village of the Damned, which we'll talk about, is a name above the title, but that's also a remake, so I can see why. Um, but I can't imagine when they put this out, they thought it was going to do great. I don't, I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong <laughs> in assuming that, but um, you look at this. It's Kurtzman. It's Nicotero. These are like top flight effects people, though. Like he had yeah. the crew there. Mm-hmm. Like this, this movie had so much potential. Um, on on paper, it looks amazing. Yeah, for sure. Espe- especially if you put it out like now, yeah. with how big Jason Statham is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, and Ice yeah. Cube, and like, yeah, these were. I mean, Ice Cube was already already a name, obviously right. at the time. Mm-hmm. Jason Jason Statham less so, um, but. Uh, in any case, um, so the premise is, so all of these unexplained deaths are happening on these settlements and towns all over Mar- Mars. And then you come to learn that there's some sort of <sighs> microbiological, perhaps spiritual remnants of organisms or a society, perhaps even, that used mm-hmm. to inhabit Mars. 
question mark and <laughs> were <laughs> kind of awakened by the the human terraforming of the planet. So they suggest that that they're ghosts or souls even at some point of mm-hmm. of ancient Martians. Uh, but the one scientist kind of early on explains that they're actually these kind of microorganisms that are like uh, airborne kind of thing. So but but we'll get to it in a minute when they kind of zoom in and give you this kind of first person view of like these whatever it is going in jumping from body to body and taking people over they it very much has a a a, a spirit type of kind of feel to it yeah. um so i'm not entirely sure what they were going for there but you know i like the idea that it's 2176 and people are still explaining unnatural or i'm sorry not unnatural speaking they, they're explaining away natural phenomenon by saying ghost (laughs) it's literally almost the end of the 22nd century and people were still like oh airborne you know germ theory is ghosts Um, right so like they're fucking cavemen so i i kind of i kind (laughs) of dug that but um it's never really truly explained in any real way, <laughs> to be honest with you. No, it's a, it's a, it's that vague. Yeah, it's a microbiome, or it, yeah, it's some sort of microbe that mm-hmm. is also the remnants of a consciousness of yeah. like a, a so former it is spiritual race. in a sense, but mm-hmm. in a sense, yeah, yeah, but like yeah, because uh, there is you get scenes of like the what they originally looked like, mm-hmm. even though they're this red cloud now. Yeah, you get scenes of what they actually looked like, and it's like, Ugh. yeah, they <laughs> they were like big CGI. weird lizard people, fish lizards or something. <laughs> they um, look like um, if you uh, if anybody's ever played the game Halo, mm-hmm. the the kind of arbiter. They look yep. like the arbiter. You're very that yeah. That's a that's a great that's a great way to describe them. That's exactly what they look like. It's like if uh, Harry Housen made an arbiter kind of thing mm-hmm. or something. Um, yeah. but it, it's very much uh, it's weird because. They are, I imagine, the design, which you you see them kind of almost barely any more than a silhouette in that kind of flashback-ish type of scene or whatever. But it is kind of like, a, okay, they look like reptilian fish people, maybe, maybe right. not. Um so so I, I assume they're they're kind of alluding to this idea that because they are humanoid in nature mm-hmm. um, that that is kind of they they went through some similar evolutionary process as we did on Earth. Um, right. But they got stuck up in Mad Max times a little bit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's it's it just had so much potential. You know what yeah. I mean? It's just so. In any case, we we jump into uh you know this this um this mining uh uh train that's going across Mars through this kind of like forbidden area kind of thing, if you will. And you have introduced this team of security officers that are hitching a ride on this train. And I'm not going to go by any means. We're not going to go scene by scene because this movie doesn't deserve it. But um, <laughs> the uh, and, and boy, I have it scrolled down here a little bit further. But um, her name. So so it's Natasha Henstridge's character. And I'm just going to refer to him as the 
the you know as the as the, the actors, actors. Yeah. Um, not not the characters names because they don't really uh, matter at all um but <laughs> although, you learn <laughs> although jason statham's character of jericho <laughs> jericho is such a 2001 <laughs> fucking name my friend scott he probably put jericho in the name of his character in 007 it was cold steel jericho. jericho and yeah down with the sickness or some shit um so uh she you you pretty quickly these are like hard-boiled security officer type of people who are on these like tours of duty on mars of course and you quickly learn that she is using some sort of like short acting psychotropic drug uh like Mm -hmm. recreationally um which may or may not come back later question mark i don't know but it's tetra tetram Tetra monochloride. That's yeah. it. I completely butchered the I spelling. I had to Google the it because I was just like, "What is this?" I was like, "Yeah, the autocorrect really did not do me a solid there." Uh, tetra monochloride, and I was yeah. like, "There's no street name for it." I just wrote, "Oh no, <laughs> not tetra monochloride." <laughs> is it not called like Schwank or something? Right. Yeah, is there not like a 2001 no. street name for this, or even just Tetro? <laughs> Yeah, something, <laughs> yeah. anything. Um, but but it's it's obviously causing her to do these like you know kind of subdued hallucinations. It's something she's taking to like pass the time, kind of thing. Um, and you get to learn, you get to know. There's so many great you know late '90s, early 2000s people in this cast. So like I said, on paper it looks great, right? Um, so uh, she immediately starts seeing things that just could be like on the cover of a pink floyd album like it's so stereotypical like uh 2001 idea of like tripping on on whatever the psychotropic drug is um but then uh i was i was like okay whatever you know where this is uh, this is this was i have not seen this movie since it came out in 2001 so it'd been 20 years since i saw this movie didn't remember Mm -hmm. a lot about it besides the fact that i did not enjoy it um (laughs) but all of a sudden i'm like oh pam greer okay like i'm starting to i'm starting to get on board a little bit now um uh, you learn the name of Ice Cube's character, although you have not been introduced to him yet. His name really rolls off the tongue. James Desolation Williams, <laughs> which is yeah. the clunkiest fucking nickname in the world. Um, Isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Desolation. You know what? A catchy nickname is usually less than four syllables, but you know who, who am I? Who am I to judge? That, that's what happens when you have to replace Snake Pliskin. Yeah, in a hurry. Yes, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, uh. It's almost like they got the the red light on the Snake Plissken, you know, uh, uh, sequel, the Escape from Mars sequel, and we're like, you got three weeks to turn this into a different movie, um, yeah. and we'll get deeper into that. But that feels like what this movie suffered from the most. Um, the set pieces are pretty sick, to be honest with you. And if you insert in your brain Snake Plissken into some of these set pieces, you're like, oh, this is kind of cool. You know what I mean? It mm-hmm. reminds you of the the settlement. It, it's a Mar- Martian kind of Martian adobo hut kind of things. Yeah. Uh, version of like the the shanty town kind of settlement in Escape from L.A. in a lot of ways. Yeah. The, the whole film is pretty much like an old west, like wild west film. There's the one main kind of, yeah, uh, 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 you know, road through town almost kind yeah. of thing. Well, I mean, but... you have you have a train that goes between all the mining towns sure which was kind of that was kind of cool in the beginning like you don't see so many miniatures matched up against matte paintings Mm -hmm. 
and that's one of the first things you see i was like oh that's you know an old style you don't see very often but um there's hot air balloons there's the even the trucks kind of look like carriages Mm -hmm. so it's like it's all very small mining town kind of and then the the you could call like the security force that we're talking about they're like the pinkertons yeah of way back in the day they represent the government they're going into a fucking small town to bring out this outlaw yeah you know and he's it's outlaw transport movie absolutely it is it is it was meant to be a throwback to like an 80s space western um mm-hmm. but no one told the performers unfortunately <laughs> um no one got it <laughs> yeah no yeah the concept is there on paper and, and yeah. you see it it's just no one told any of the actors that's what it yeah. was um so so like I said, the set pieces are pretty sick. I, I, I really like I really like the little science fiction details that Carpenter likes to throw into things like the hey, where you get like you get like headaches for several months when you do your first tour on mm. Mars because of the different levels of you know, there's less oxygen in the atmosphere. Um and how time moves faster. I don't fully get that, but he was talking about how like a, 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 a tour on Mars is twice as long on Earth or something. Did you catch that? Hmm. I caught it. He said like when you sign a contract for a year, a year mm-hmm. on Mars is two on Earth. Or, yeah, it's two on Earth. I don't hmm. know if that's completely one-to-one, yeah. but Mars and Earth both are on a 24-hour uh day-night cycle i thought that was the whole idea of why mars is like the closest cousin to earth you know yeah but i like when he injects those little tiny kind of like you know science nuggets sci-fi nuggets in there right um jason statham i don't dislike jason statham but in this movie he was full-on give me hemorrhoids like he just he's fucking he was trying to be so badass he was trying to be so like i'm the domineering you know uh uh you know kind of badass bro kind of guy and yeah. uh he's just a shitbag character um he's bargain bin bruce willis that's like what he's trying to go for he even has he even has diehard like hair at that point yeah because yeah. he still yeah, has his sure. hair but it's very obviously receding yeah yeah he just feels like a rip off bruce willis um yeah. and he he's british he, bruce willis yeah he's he's uh he's uh what's the what's the character i posted about this a while ago he's like uh tommy tommy knife fingers version of bruce oh, willis sharp hand joe <laughs> sharp hand Tommy Knife Fingers. I was way off. Sharpan <laughs> Joe. Yeah, the, 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 the Freddy Krueger ripoff. Tommy Knife Fingers. That's my personal one that I'm releasing new, at the end of the one. month, guys. <laughs> Smash that like and subscribe button. Pre-orders for Tommy Knife Fingers are coming out any second. Do you ever notice like how now, like I think even newer movies, he talks a lot less, but in this movie, he talked so much, you're like, you need to stop. He Just never shuts stop. the fuck up. Oh, oh my God. Wanted, oh, God. Yeah, and every scene, every scene is him trying to turn Natasha Henstridge, who he yes. believes is a lesbian. Yeah, and the inverse, Pam Greer's character, who is gay, is trying mm-hmm. is like hitting on Natasha right. Henstridge's character, mm-hmm. and so there's like yep. this weird ba- battle. It's 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 very <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, <Yeah>. So uh, I <laughs> I was like the hot air balloon thing. You could tell it was meant to be a big scene with like a Kurt Russell type of character. And they liked the idea enough that they kept it, but it was completely inconsequential. Yeah. Either a Kurt Russell character or a uh, Steve Buscemi character. Oh, yeah. Like, I could have seen yeah. him that in from the Escape from L.A. Yes, I could have seen yeah. him doing some weird shit like that. 
Yeah. I feel yeah. like in uh, like in, notice at the end, but also in the scene with a hot air balloon of like how much money they probably blew on just being able to blow it up because that yeah. was like I mean, one of the most cool epic. Effect. It was insane. I yeah. also was questioning. I'm like, would it really be that epic of an explosion? But I didn't want to question <laughs> I, it. No. Like, I was like, this is just it, too much, too long. Because yeah. the atmosphere has less oxygen, so yeah. it, would it be? Yeah. I'm, I'm listen. I'm not a scientist, guys. <laughs> I'm going to venture to say a hot air balloon wouldn't even work on Mars. <laughs> That's just my instinct as an amateur scientist. Um, but you know, it's funny because. The thing that I love about John Carpenter is, especially in his in his uh, less less pure horror themed and more more kind of uh, action adventure type of sci fi stuff, he has like this very. Ch- I don't mean this in a negative way. I mean it very much in a positive way. He has this like childish wonder kind of thing mm-hmm. where he wants to put the shit. 10 year old you would want to see in a movie he wants right. that in the movie hmm. you know so like when you see stuff like that you're just like i you just see the rem like the remnants of, of of it really could have been something super super fun a la you know an escape from new york or or you know uh you know any of those movies that kind of fall in that vein from him but yeah i don't know well it, it's it's just kind of surprised that that they couldn't pull that off in a more meaningful way. You know what I mean? Mm. It really mm. felt like there was a time crunch involved, but I don't know. Mm. But um, I, I'm, I am kind of surprised because one of the things people say a lot about this movie is they shit all over the dialogue in this movie. Yeah. And rightfully so. It's a lot mm-hmm. of it's not good. But watch Escape from New York. It's fucking terrible. The dialogue yeah. is so unbelievable. But it's Kurt Russell saying it, so everybody's like, oh, yeah, all right. You know what I mean? <laughs> or like, yeah. I mean, I mean, the the thing I was joking about at the top of the episode, like Rowdy Roddy Piper walking into the bank and doing the, the you know, chew bubblegum and kick ass line, mm-hmm. it's delivered in the most awkward, silly way, and it comes out of nowhere. It doesn't call back to anything. No, no, he just uh, He doesn't that mention bubblegum at any other point <laughs> in They Live. Um, but... <laughs> It's iconic because it's so fucking bold and silly. Mm-hmm. The scene you don't see is Roddy Piper walking down the sidewalk. Yeah. Like, oh, what am I going to say when I get in the bank? Uh, <laughs> yeah. uh, chew bubblegum. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to kick some ass, I guess. What is, uh, what? He's, he's giving himself a pep talk. He's going, right. all right, all right, Roddy, what do you do best? Cats, of course. Cats. All right, now what else yeah, do you yeah. really like to do? Well, I do kind of like, I mean, I have bubblegum in my pocket. Like, <laughs> Not even that. He saw a kid chewing bubblegum. <laughs> he's like... He's like, what else do I like to do? He's just doing uh, word association. He's yeah, like Brick like, from Anchorman <laughs> going down the street. Bubblegum. Okay, uh, lamp. There's a lamp. Did I do I break a lamp? Do I threaten to break a lamp? Uh, yeah, it's it's like these lines. They're so silly, but then they become iconic because of the, just the insane boldness of putting something that crazy right. into a movie. There's a bunch of stuff like that in this movie. It's just that like none of it really, for whatever reason, didn't catch the zeitgeist in the same way in tw- in 2001. And it feels like, I'll get into this a little bit more, but it does feel like it is symptomatic of the time in late 90s, early 2000s. Just for whatever reason, the pop culture... Um, mythos of that time was to take yourself super seriously you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like that was just kind of in in pop culture being extremely almost overtly earnest with every single thing you do to a point where like you're very cynical about anything that isn't 
dead fucking serious, I think yeah. just made this stuff not land and also influenced the performances in a way that didn't allow it to really land. Whereas like back in the eighties and, and certainly in movies now, cause everything of course is, is ebbs and flows like that. Right. Where I think people have the, the latitude to be a little silly and not take themselves super seriously and still make it fun and, and cool. Whereas mm-hmm. then it was like, if you weren't dead fucking serious, it wasn't cool. You know what I mean? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. I, and just to that, like you think 2001, that means we're two years removed from the matrix. Yeah. And everybody on this film is probably trying to do the matrix. That's mm. a great point. Didn't even think about that. All the actors are probably trying to do the matrix. Cause like Natasha Henstridge, she honestly didn't work that much after this film. Yeah. And Ice she Cube. probably auditioned mm-hmm. <laughs> for The Matrix, too. Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, probably a lot of the people in this movie did, but... Yeah. Uh, like, Ice Cube, he's relatively new to film at this point, because he he's done Anacondas, mm-hmm. or Anaconda. Mm-hmm. But, like, you know, he's still relatively new to film. He hasn't had his big, are we there yet, or whatever fucking... Yeah, I mean, obviously, you mm-hmm. had, like, Friday and stuff, but those are yeah. comedies, right? Mm-hmm. And, and Jason Statham is obviously still trying to get his foothold. Mm-hmm. you know in everything so mm-hmm. like they're they're all trying to give their best matrix performance when that's not what that's not what john carpenter movies call for no no and even especially this one where i think this was a only 20 years later and maybe it would have worked better 30 years later um mm-hmm. but this was absolutely his his call back to 80s action sci-fi you know what i mean yeah. mm-hmm. so um i do like that in the 22nd century infantry weapons are still fucking enormous like they're still (laughs) gods you know they're still uh not god of war what's 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 the other video game franchise with the guys that have no necks and giant guns uh gears of war (laughs) gears of war okay yeah yeah Hmm. with the big giant guns like they're carrying the gears of war infantry weapons like they not only have they not gotten smaller like the the noisy cricket has not been invent, invented. It is they're <laughs> fucking giant now, right. even more so than than modern weapons. But well, you see, Brian, they have weapons. to be giant because the gas has to expand to accommodate <laughs> for the Mer- Mars atmosphere. That's right. That's right. And time is slower on Mars. And right. yes, of course, of course. Uh, no more explanations required. Um, so so you kind of alluded to this. Ice Cube's kind of new at this point. This is not him at his best. Um, he's trying really hard to be that that super serious you know tortured type of uh you know anti-hero but also kind of a heartthrob like he's definitely leaning into the the sex appeal of the character a little bit um (laughs) but there's really some laughable lines and scenes from him and also What's up with those fucking pants? That looks like some Hardy Boy <laughs> shit that you're wearing. Like, or my Zubaz the Mars. <laughs> yeah, like you literally look like it's a cross between Zubaz yeah. and yeah, something like one of the Hardy Boys would yeah. wear. Definitely. Um, but you learn that these the spirit of these microorganisms, you know, jump from body and to body when the host dies specifically. So it's like immediate. As soon as the host who is infected and is immediately like the thing that that kind of delivers the kind of shock factor thing is they like immediately go into this like self mutilation mode mm-hmm. where they start like ripping their at their skin or they grab the first like sharp thing and start piercing their face with it and all mm-hmm. this sort of stuff um I, I just and as soon add as a they die that jumps to another person that aspect alone i feel like 
gives me the most anxiety because I feel like mm. that concept today probably would could be done very epically because it's a pretty yeah, scary I, concept like oh it's just never gonna die and never gonna go away and there's no way you can get rid of this thing like that concept that's yeah. scary <laughs> I mean everyone yeah Friday the, I mean which Friday movie was that nine that they did that uh, oh yeah yeah where, Jason where goes to hell where the worm fucking takes people over yeah, it's kind of a yeah. similar concept. And like there is like there's definitely some the thing in the mouth of madness kind of vibes popping mm-hmm. out here. Mm-hmm. Um but in those movies you you care about the characters, but um <laughs> that's like it, it's it's definitely got some similar themes to some of his movie other movies. Yeah. Strangely, it also feels like there's a game that feels almost half inspired by this called Dead Space. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Dead. Sp- I played the first one because there were multiple yeah. games in the series. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. There's multiple games, and there's actually two pretty good like animated horror movies. If people mm-hmm. want to check out, um, dude, but- Dead Space was a fucking scary game. I remember. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the 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 whole like kind of premise behind it though is like there's this weird monolith that was dug up by a mining town, mm-hmm. and like these monoliths like infect people. And turn them into these self-mutilated monsters that, that, mm. that like, you know, you can chop their limbs off and whatever. They don't feel pain. So mm. I, it, it's just weird. Like, I wonder if it was half inspired by Ghosts of Mars. Oh, God. <laughs> now I want to go back and replay it through that lens. Yeah. Because I remember yeah. it was very much a survival horror, but incredibly mm-hmm. tense survival horror game. Yeah. Um, and the sound was super effective. I remember that was a great game. Yeah, yeah n- y- y- I would not be surprised re- if you're right. Re- uh, watch the watch the animated movies for more of the lore because it, it it comes off very similar. I was like, what really? the fuck? Yeah, <laughs> I'll have to do that. I know there were multiple games after that, but I only played the first one. Mm-hmm. Um, so the distorted first person of the spirit thing, jumping from body and body, gets pretty old pretty quick. Mm-hmm. Um, like they could have done that once or twice, and they do it like feels like a a dozen times uh i do need to call out um the severed hand bra that's fucking sick the, the one <laughs> like the one like you know because the people of uh, all the, of this mining town they're all miners that were working in what what did they say i don't remember if they called out what what um mineral they were mining or what metal they were mining i don't uh, yeah but this is a this is a mining it. town on Mars. All of the miners and a number of the security people and everything get taken over, and they all they all kind of jump into this kind of like, uh, you know, they just pass out, and when they wake up, um, some of them, wow, just now under kind of making the connection with uh, with um, Village of the Damned, they all pass <laughs> out and wake up, and many of them are affected, not all of them, and the ones who are affected immediately start self mutilating and killing mm-hmm. the people who aren't affected, and they. Uh, morph into this yeah Mad Max type of uh, environment where they all like take up all the take up arms against you know anyone else and create this almost like primitive tribal culture kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, but one of the characters she has clearly cut someone's hands off and turned it into <laughs> like a bikini top, um, so which I thought was sick. That's yeah, <laughs> <laughs> one of the guys who is in the. I believe he was a miner. He was that group of miners that were up on the hill kind of thing and got saved. Or no, no, no. They were the ones who were, they, they were the criminals, I'm sorry, who mm-hmm. were with Ice Cube um, and his two kind of cronies. One of them is one of the Joker brothers from Next Friday. If you ever seen Next oh. Friday with Mike Epps, okay. uh, it's genuinely a fucking really funny movie. Mike yeah. Epps, I just love Mike Epps, but 
um, they have this, their neighbors, they call them the Joker brothers. There's these like, this like kind of Mexican gangsters that live in, in next door to them and they're scared of. And mm-hmm. the one guy um, who is like huffing the drugs and we'll talk about later, cuts his own thumb off. Um, yeah. He is one of the Joker brothers from next Friday. Um, <laughs> it's the only other movie I've ever seen him in. Um, but I was like, oh shit, because we used to watch next Friday religiously when, when my, my brother and I were little. I don't know why. Um <laughs> It's a funny we, movie. Like, I mean. We wore the VHS out. I mean, we, we literally still quote Mike Epps lines from that uh, to this day. Um, <laughs> so uh, the <laughs> there's a scene in the jail cell where Natasha, um, I can't want to say Natasha Hargitay, but that's not where I'm getting two <laughs> actresses mixed up. It's Natasha Henstridge when she is um, got them trapped in the jail cell. And they have guns and they're going to shoot her. But then she's like, no, I'm going to, you know, you're never going to get out if you shoot me kind of thing. Um, that is honestly one of the stupidest fucking scenes in film history. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> the you need to give me your word. You know what I mean? Like she's yeah, going to yeah. let him out as long as like this, this criminal murderer is go, like promise? his word means anything. Yeah. <laughs> and then his response is. I never give my word. <laughs> uh, we were Kate and I were la- like belly laughing at. I never give my word. Like what do you what do you fucking mean? Just say yes and then let him out and then kill him. Yeah. Like what are you talking about? <laughs> You're trying to escape. Why? Why is this like these? It's it's almost this like uh like old english knight type of mentality of like honor code. Like are you fucking kidding me? Uh, it was such an incredibly stupid scene. Um. <laughs> there is also a line um when one of them threatens to cut someone's fucking titties off which i did appreciate that and i wrote that down i do not know under remember any other context besides that but i did write it down um but let's let's jump right to that that thumb cutting off scene because i already mentioned it so there is a scene where um they have procured some sort of of i mean it's the equivalent of weed like he's acting like he's stoned right like mm-hmm. he smoked weed right and he keeps inhaling this this like inhaler that's getting him high. This is the the one of the the kind of criminal cronies of Ice Cube's character. And somebody's trying to get a can open, and he's like, "Hey, baby, let me open that can for you." He gets this big <laughs> machete type tool that he has, and off camera puts it down the table, cuts the top off of it, and hands her the can. And he has cut his thumb off completely. Yeah. <laughs> And Ice Cube is like, oh, that's fucking sick, bro. Like, that's a stupid scene. That, that is my believe- favorite scene in the whole movie, though. I can't believe it was in there. I completely forgot about it. It got me as completely as a surprise. I did not remember it at all. Um, I, I It's so fucking dumb, and I can't believe I didn't remember it. But- it's so dumb, but it's so hilarious. And it's like, it's, I don't know, it's one of the few kind of like points of levity that actually work. Yeah, but and, and it's, it's still one of the, so bizarre. It yeah, still yeah. doesn't it doesn't connect to the story at all. It's no. so out of tone of the whole rest of the movie. No, it doesn't it doesn't connect to the rest of the movie, but I feel like it connects to like John Carpenter in general. That yes. feels very John Carpenter. Yes, it it, it was uh, for a quick second there I was having fun again. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I really enjoyed it. If they would have done more shit like that and just made things go wild and threw jokes and like levity and stuff like that mm-hmm. in there, I would have been all over it. But um, instead, it just is like a weird, quirky 
thing that sticks out in a sea yeah, of, of, exactly. of over, like, you know, self-important, over-dramatic bullshit. But yeah. fast forward, they're, they're going to escape. They have teamed up with the, the criminals and the security force. They go outside. Um, you know, they're they're trying to make a run for it. They're shooting. You know, all the the tribal people who have kind of been taken over by the microorganism, the Martian entity. It, they are kind of standing up on these hills on either side of the main kind of throughway mm. of the town. And and uh, Ice Cube decides he's going to go rogue and just runs down there doing, you know, guns akimbo, blasting up onto the hills. And, you know, there's a bunch of carnage, people getting shot. So it's kind of a fun, crazy, unrealistic action scene. But the zombies, I'm going to calling them zombies. They're not zombies. They're like whatever they are, right? The the, the kind of tribal Martian people who have taken over the 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 miners start throwing shit um like earlier in the movie now all of a sudden they're all running down off the hill just getting blasted right they're just running down the hill into a hail of bullets and i'm like you guys were all throwing some shit a minute ago why aren't you throwing shit now and then later they come back and start throwing shit shit again (laughs) yeah they they have these like really effective projectiles which we'll talk about here in a minute because maybe my favorite scene in the movie comes uh on the heels of that here shortly but i I guess that was my question is like why doesn't the organism go into every remaining human during this scene like what there are obviously mm, yeah. enough of them to mm-hmm. take over this whole town. Is it just that there was exactly enough of them to take over all the miners? And now the only way they can get into more people is when somebody dies in their proximity. But like they're mowing down tons mm-hmm. of, right. the, of the right. tribal people. Why, why don't they just all immediately jump into the bodies of Ice Cube and gang at this yeah. point? I, I had that. I had the question too. I was like, <laughs> just like the glaring plot hole because uh, bad filmmaking. That's why. Yeah. Oh my gosh, it was so bad. So, or they um, were running, so they couldn't be chased. <laughs> yeah. At this point, and I haven't even mentioned this, and if you know the movie, you might have forgot this as well. Um, this entire movie is Natasha Henstrich's character telling this story to a like. Um, to a magistrate yeah a ma- yeah. that's a great way of putting yeah. it. i was gonna say it almost felt like uh felt like all the procedural governmental stuff in uh phantom menace you know they're mm-hmm. just like talking to this this magistrate and these like this uh military tribunal if you will kind of thing yeah. and in this moment i had completely forgotten that was the case and they sh- zoom back to her telling the story and i'm like this is joe dirt this is just Joe Dirt telling the story of his like escapades on the radio show to Dennis yeah. Miller. What like, makes yeah. that even more relevant here is like at the end when they're th- she's done telling the story, they're like, "Well, okay, aliens, ghosts," and it's just, like yeah. they blow it off like it's literally nothing. You're like, "Yeah, it's yeah." If if I would have watched this, and it, if this movie happened. Literally just five, six years earlier, I think it would have been a lot of fun. Like if this happened in 94, 95, I think this would have been a blast. But it just it, it just it just doesn't land at all. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so, you know, <laughs> I th- if it happened today, it, it would also be better. Yeah, absolutely. People yeah. wouldn't take it as seriously. Right. It would it, you know, wouldn't be so much so many like people feel like their careers are on the line. Maybe I, I don't yeah. know. But um this is you know this kind of brought me back at this point too is like we've now learned this in two consecutive episodes from midnight mass and from this never 
enter a recently unearthed ancient structure. Um, yeah. <laughs> nothing good's going to happen. Nothing good's going to happen there. So they go down and do that, and you know, at some point, and and I'm I'm the timelines are kind of all messed up here. So I'm jumping around, but the movie doesn't deserve any 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 better than that. Um, <laughs> but there there are lots of I, I wrote down. There's lots of leather. There's lots of questionable you know fashion for the setting. Um, but Ice Cube's pants, this is when I noticed them and they are like, they're a cross between something John Daly would wear after 45 Mick Ultras on the golf course (laughs) (laughs) and something the Hardy Boys would wear. It's right in the middle of those two. It's so after the third hole. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So before he's on, um, uh, so question now, um, she eventually makes out with Jason Statham, Natasha Hentrich's yeah. character. Why now? Uh, why does that happen? I Did almost thought it, I, she fucking hated him the whole time. Right. I legit thought that that scene was going to be somehow she's like then like kicks him in the balls, you know, just yeah. to get him to fucking stop. That's what I thought too. I thought it was going to be like a lure him in and yeah. then make a fool out of him. And then right. they get distracted and they have to run away, and you're like. You are literally telling him how much you don't like him, and you're like fighting off getting hit on the entire movie. And then all of a sudden, <laughs> yeah. you're like, "Yeah, Jason, let's fucking make out." <laughs> oh, like, you know, real quick the- though. Yeah, <laughs> she she even hit him with like the sickest burn too. Yeah, because he because she he says, you know, you want to get it on or whatever, and she says, "I wouldn't do it with you if you were the last guy on Earth, but we're on Mars." Right. <laughs> it's like how fucking sick was that? That burn? was good. That was good. <laughs> It didn't make any sense. It was terrible. No, so fucking dumb. Um, so uh, here's a part which I'm also uh, another part I was confused about. People are getting taken over by the the Martian entity microbes, right? Nah- Natasha Hentridge's character finally gets taken over, mm-hmm. but she fights it off. But you get a glimpse. This is where you get a glimpse of, you know, the the weird, you know, uh, uh, lizard fish people and shit. Because um, she gets like a, a, a quick insight as they're tr- getting into her system. They're like taking over her brain. She gets a quick insight into like the history of their civilization or something like that. She gets Matrix downloaded, their history. And she fights it off. Are yeah. we meant to believe she does this through just like sheer will or was it because it would have made drugs. sense it was the drugs. So yeah. is it the drugs? Yeah, it's the drugs because they give her, they put her, she gets taken over, they throw her body out of the building that they're hiding in mm-hmm. and then Jason Statham like uh, throws her drugs down her throat. Hmm. So she I missed, does. She, I missed it. Missed the yeah, drug. Yeah, yeah. I missed that then. I was thinking it was because the drugs earlier. No, no, no. It's because um, Ice Cube found where she, her like little pendant that she has. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But that's where she keeps her stash. Yeah, yeah. And Jason, St- Jason Statham. I keep saying Jason. <laughs> Jason's, Jason's Jason Statham. <laughs> My name's Jason Statham. <laughs> but uh, she, uh, yeah, Jason Statham sees the pendant and he goes, oh, that's where her stash is. And then for whatever reason, he just decides, give her her drugs. Yeah. Oh, that, that, well, maybe make her not think about her about getting takeover. Maybe that's like maybe that was the thought. Because at the yeah. same yeah. time, you just that's just a stupid setup. Otherwise, unless he's literally thinking like, oh, I don't want her to feel pain right now, so take the drugs. Yeah, maybe uh, he's he has no science degree at all or anything. He's just like <laughs> just throw drugs down her throat, see what happens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, go for it. <laughs> he is not so, a scientist. 
no, no. Jason. Not listen, unlike us. Joe, Jason Statham will never be <laughs> confused with a scientist. I mean, I I'm think- pretty sure that is that is fair. I don't think there's ever been a scientist named Jericho. <laughs> Listen, uh, Professor Jericho, you didn't have him in, in college? No? Okay. Um, Dr. Timothy Jericho? You never heard? <laughs> Unless Jericho on WWE played a, a scientist, he very well could have at some point or another. <laughs> he, 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 I don't know if he'd pull He always has a clipboard he, now and making the list, you know. Maybe he could yeah. be a scientist clipboard. <laughs> um, the, uh, that, I mean, that's honestly... 50% of the battle becoming a scientist just having a clipboard. Right. Yeah. The coat is the other 50%. Get the, the coat, coat, get the clipboard, get respect. Yeah. <laughs> First you get the coat. That'd be a great Halloween costume. Clipboard, just put scientists on it right there. That's it. Chris Jericho as a scientist? Yeah, sure. Do that. <laughs> um, I like this scene as well. This is when shit's like really hitting the fan and people are dropping like flies. But I do like when they finally get into the, uh, uh, somebody jump a little bit ahead, but when they finally get into the, the train and start to like pull away from the station and all of the, um, the Martian, you know, warriors are just politely standing on the track, smacking the side of the, like not crawling on the train, not jumping right. on the train, not trying right. to break the door down, just all politely banging their metal weapons on the side knock, of the knock, train. Knock. Like, knock, like knock, guys, knock. we're out here. Don't leave without us. Um, the only one that really cut is, is like the, the head the head alien, the head Martian, who was a cool design. Honestly, I thought he was kind of cool looking. I mean, he didn't need to look. I thought he was a little bit dramatic. He, he just was just yeah. like always yelling, and I didn't it was like. It's a cool design, down. but you know, his voice stinks. <laughs> yeah, it was like bye 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 bye. Like he <laughs> like, just sounded. He, sound, really he sounds like silly. Timmy from South Park. <laughs> <laughs> he did a little bit. He did a little bit. It was uh, it he, was so distracting. <laughs> it's such a it's such a easy fix. Yeah. To just go into ADR and say, you know what, that doesn't sound intimidating at all. Yeah, let's put monster noises instead, or make up, or make up a a, a, a weird, you know, Martian gibberish thing for I him. I think to that's yell. what they were he, trying to do, but that I know, work. but it just didn't land. It was silly. It was very Guys, silly. Uh, you know what's now in my head, and I don't know how I'm going to get rid of it is watching Ghost of Mars in my head, but with only South Park characters. <laughs> yeah. Like <laughs> they should do a Ghost of Mars episode. I mean, yeah. I feel like yeah, maybe, yeah. you know, Strike by the Iron's hot, right? It's only right. twenty years later. Um but uh, they, they just signed a huge deal and they have to like make a bunch of movies. So yeah, make one of them a Ghost of Mars remake. <laughs> well and at this part, at this point, they've made their cash, so they can do whatever mm-hmm. they want. And yeah. they seem like oh, yeah. the kind of guys who would just say fuck you, we're gonna do what we want. So right. Mm-hmm. I'm going to really strongly suggest if we can put anything out into the universe, uh, <laughs> I would like a South Park take on Ghosts of Mars. Um, so this is what I was talking about with the projectiles. At this point, you really start to get a close look at the Martians' ability to throw deadly Frisbees, which mm-hmm. I am fucking here for. Mm-hmm. And my favorite scene, aside from the thumb getting cut off, is, uh, is uh, Clea Duvall's character, um, which she is like one of the most late nineties, early two thousands like performers I can think of. Like she, she was in so much stuff around that time. She gets her head cut off uh, with one and she does this like duck shoot, duck shoot. And then one time she just doesn't duck and her head gets cut off. And yeah. one of these like razor frisbees. <laughs> it was fucking hilarious. I don't know why. Just like the way it was like a, 
<laughs> you know it's coming in threes. Why did you only duck twice? Right. I don't know why. It's just like it really you know, killed. You know they keep coming. <laughs> yeah. It, I I love that effect too because it was so much like part practical, but also still kind of CGI to keep Clea Duvall's real head sure. on screen. Sure. And it very much a lot of the uh, a lot of the CGI effects are very similar yeah. to uh, Cradle of Fear. Just, uh, I can see that. Just, I can see that. They're, yeah. they're, they're, you can pick them out super easy now. Like it, it's not seamless anymore because of how good effects have gotten. But it's just mm-hmm. like ah, <laughs> yeah, not good. Um, I do love that one of the key things that the Martian organism downloaded into people's like brain and physio- physiology is the ability to be deadly accurate with a frisbee. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like that conceit. Six skill. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> it, it, so that got me thinking, like, were these Martian organisms, like, what is their connection to fish, like the band? Like, <laughs> do they have sick hacky sack skills too? Because if they would have started kicking grenades at people, like hacky sacking and kicking grenades at people, that would have been, I would have been on board for it. But they're, they're deadly accurate with the Frisbee. Um, I like that you could see them kind of make that ultra violent, like, like they could, they could have made the like they made them ultra violent. They they could have made them like faster or stronger, or whatever. But no, they just made them sick with frisbees. I don't know. I just appreciated that. <laughs> um, I <laughs> my other favorite thing, which again got a laugh out loud for me. They're escaping in the train. Um, the 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 head you know Martian killer guy with the wacky voice is on another uh you know train car. Um, they eventually blow it up with a, with a, a, a small nu- nucleothermal, you know, device, this little like nuclear bomb, essentially. And as they're driving away from it, it goes off and they zoom out into space and you can see the explosion from space, mm-hmm. but not from the front window of the train. Right. Mm-hmm. It all stayed behind the train, <laughs> but you could see it from space. Well, they mm. said it it was only going to have a blast radius of one to two miles. <laughs> they were 150 <laughs> yards away. Right. <laughs> did not think, see it out I think the front I, of the train. I think I did the math on this because <laughs> I didn't... Because here's the other thing I don't like about that scene yeah. is that they're fighting the zombie ghosts that have gotten onto the train. But the whole point of blowing it up is to make sure they nuke all of them. Mm-hmm. So in order for that zombie ghost that like Natasha Henstridge kicks one off like seconds before the blast goes off. Right. So in order for that to like stay within the blast range, the train had to be moving at like 15 miles an hour. Yeah. Like the whole time, <laughs> it's just like because you have yeah. to stay within the one to two mile radius, but yeah. you can't go too fast, but you can't get away from it. It's just like this. This is sucks. <laughs> yeah, you didn't have to make it that giant explosion. I don't know. It, yeah. just, it was it was just a really poorly thought out scene. Right, um, or you or you didn't have to put the zombie ghosts like at least all of them, like because Ice Cube disconnects half the train, mm-hmm. which leaves the leader. Yeah, that's the other thing is the leader isn't the last one to die, which is kind of usual progression right. in films. Mm-hmm. But like, he could have had him be the last one to die, and then because he disconnected the train, it stops well within that you know space. Mm-hmm. But then they also have to gun the train 
to get out of the blast radius. Yeah. You don't, mm-hmm. you, you didn't need the last one there. Yeah. And yeah. I, I, I'll get into it if, I don't know, I don't know how much more you want to go on, Brian. I have like if a you, couple of other final things okay. about this horrible ending. That's, a, okay, that's about good. it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's like, so, um, the last, basically two minutes you know when like ice cube comes in and like wakes her like uh, basically saves natasha hendrich's character from um they they come back to modern times right or or the present day, present day. and not <laughs> modern times it's 2176 2021 mars <laughs> yeah. but they come back to 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 the contemporary you know b- beginning of the story timeline and um Things have started to hit the fan now. These Martian, you know, microorganisms, whatever they are, are now taking over the base that she has now been saved and is in because she was found as the the last survivor of that train. Um, Ice Cube got away. He has now come back for her to save her. And now they have somehow formed some incredible bond that they did not earn at all in the movie like was not like that was never built to a point of like why do they have this incredible bond in fact i would go as far as to say ice cube and natasha hentridge's character have some of the worst chemistry of any two people on screen of all time um but now they are a um alien fighting duo till they die um and this last two minutes is like this shameless attempt of, of of being a Snake Plissken level kind of cheese to it. And it wouldn't make sense if, if it was that, but they played it way too straight. But yeah. we talked about before we start recording the last scene, which is literally Ice Cube breaks the fourth wall and mugs and winks to the camera <laughs> as the credits roll is unfucking forgivable. It's such a horrible ending. So it's, terrible. It's so not bad. just, it's not the worst ending of any movie of all time, but it might leave the worst taste in your mouth of any mm-hmm. movie ending of all time. And it was like, there were moments in this movie where I was like, this isn't as bad as I thought it was. If I view it through through the uh through the lens of like an 80s sci-fi cheese fest okay you know whatever just with 2001 new metal soundtrack (laughs) but that last scene is just it you can't leave this movie happy after you see that closing scene it's just so Mm. fucking awful and you know what else it reminded me of it reminded me of the ending of the super mario brothers movie oh i don't (laughs) even remember it If, if you if you barely remember it it's um they they obviously get back to New York, the Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Yeah, and <laughs> I love that. That's where that came from. Yeah, the, the, because I told my kids that because we love like Luigi's Mansion and stuff. Uh-huh. And I told them, you know, that was a that was it came up on a trivia thing we were doing. What is Mario's last name? Mario and Luigi's last name. Yeah, and they were like, oh, they don't have a last name. I was like. No, they have last name. It's Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. And Kate, my wife, uh, uh, argued. She was like, you're full of shit. She thought for sure I was making it up. I was like, I'm telling you. Uh, This is all new information for me right now. Yeah, yeah. You're Uh, witnessing me learning things. Well, well. it looks like Meg also has to go watch the Mario Brothers movie. But the end of that that movie is Princess Peach kicks down their door. She has a giant gun in her hand. Oh my god, I forgot. And she and she goes, "You'll never guess what's going on." And that's exactly what Ice Cube does. He yeah. kicks open Natasha Hentrich's yeah. door, has a gun for her, has a gun for himself. He's like, "Looks like we're back at it again." It's like, you know that classic team of Ice Cube and Natasha. Everyone knows it. Yeah. No, but like that is the thing that that is the most egregious part even almost as bad as the wink and the mug to the camera is when he goes like 
says something about, looks like we're going to have to kick some alien ass. And she's like, that's what we do best. And I'm like, why are you guys the fucking dynamic duo now? Like, you haven't earned this relationship. This didn't happen in the script. You know what I mean? And also, why are their guns chrome? Why are they so shiny chrome? I don't know. But also, such a bad ending. They're super ineffective, too, because it's still going on. Yeah, they like, didn't do a good job. Right. It's not like you wiped them off the planet. Yeah. And also, everyone else died but you guys. Like, you did a bad job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you're not you ass kickers. You did a bad job. You just probably survive. Su- <laughs> yeah, you barely survived by the skin of your fucking teeth. Um, this is just like, this script probably reads as something really fun. You know, mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. probably reads as this like sci-fi horror schlock fest that sounds really fun. Like I said, just no one told the performers. Right. Um, and maybe that is a shortcoming of John Carpenter's directing. I, I don't know. But they did not. They weren't in the same movie that he wrote right. or, 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 or laid out, you know. Yeah. So it was just I, I think, honestly, it'll probably age fairly well. Um, mm. I could see this being like kind of a cult classic in 10, 20 years from now, not age well and make it in a better movie. I mean, <laughs> in the way, in the way it's received, you know what yeah. I mean? I, I don't, I don't think so. It, it's yeah. too fucking boring. I, yeah, I was curious the, like, what yeah. in your mind like makes it seemingly going that way just because it's so bad. Cause I could see that. Yes. Like, be, It'll just, be so bad. It's good. It, it will start mm. to get that. So bad. It's good kind of mentality where like now we're, we're just getting to the point now where we're far enough away from it that people are saying they like it in mm-hmm. 10 years from now. I could see people going, Oh, it's fucking great. Cause mm-hmm. it's the same thing with, with, uh, I remember when I was, when I was a kid and I was, you know, 12 years old and I loved Halloween. Um, People used to talk the same way about Halloween 3 season of the witch. Mm-hmm. They yeah. used mm-hmm. to say like, it's the fucking worst movie of all time. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's, it's horrifyingly bad. And then like 10 years ago, people started going, but it's kind of fun. Yeah. And I, now I, fast forward 10 years and it's like one of the most popular horror movies in existence now. Yeah. Like it feels I, that I, way. Yeah. I think, I mean, you're totally right about that, but I think the, the, a lot of that hate came from the fact that it didn't have Michael Myers in it. Yeah, I for think, sure. That was so, a big thing, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah so yeah. I think people just people weren't thought able... the bait and switch, right? Part, yeah. Yeah. So, but and but that movie still has like a lot of legitimate fun to it, and is like a good movie. Yeah. This one is it's too fucking boring. It's too like there's not enough of those thumb cutting scenes. Yeah. And you have to wade through so much shit to get to the thumb cutting scene and like the saw blade stuff. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it just eh. It just doesn't eh. have enough in it. Maybe. Yeah. Mm. And, and the I, plot, the plot doesn't make sense. Obviously, it's no. fucking really, truly doesn't. Yeah, the plot, the plot is silly. It doesn't make sense. And I think the thing I po- the thing I pulled from this that is actually the worst is the editing. And you were talking, you're talking about like John Carpenter's directing, as far as like you know, maybe he just wasn't able to get it across. I think something happened, and he was just like tapped out. He might have. He, he might have just said, "Guys, this isn't." Yeah. He, yeah, he seems like the kind of guy who would just say, like, this isn't what I want, and yeah. so I don't want to be responsible and walk you know, and walk away from it, but he's obviously right. under contract and his name's above the title. But mm-hmm. Yeah, I think he tapped out before they even started filming mm-hmm. because he didn't, like, he wasn't able to get what he wanted, which was probably Escape from Mars, but, like, yeah. the, he just let all of this 
like terrible shit go, especially in the editing. Yeah. And I did more looking into it because the editing is so bad for me. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. we already mentioned how the the way the story is structured, it's the, she's telling this story to a tribunal mm-hmm. and they keep cutting back to it. And there's nothing that puts the brakes on action more than cutting back to something that isn't action. Just yeah. sitting in a room telling a story. I feel like they wanted that to be more tense, yeah. but no one was tense except for Natasha Hendricks. Hendricks. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Right. And in and just in general storytelling, you don't need to do that. Like set it up at the end and then you yeah. have the bookend for the ending, which yeah. is what you want. But the, you don't need to keep cutting back to it. The other editing craziness is like all those weird Star Wars wipes and fades. Yeah, they, yeah, 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 yeah. And the like You can they, tell that was like there was stuff that you're like, you can tell he's trying to do a throwback type of thing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. it also, it just, it doesn't look good. And yeah. then there's like a lot of crossfades mid-action just to advance a scene. Mm. There's a lot of slow motion for no reason. Yeah. Which also makes an action scene Do you think maybe they got the first boring. version of iMovie? Maybe. I, I think <laughs> they, final I cut, those are like literally final cut all two of, or something. <laughs> like all of the fucking transitions. Is, yeah. I, just all, like, guys. I just feel like they had a concept and just the performances they never no one was on on board with the concept except for carpenter and, yeah. and the people he could directly influence yeah. you know what i mean um so, yeah so I, I i went even a little further though i looked into the editor oh yeah yeah he has three editing films that he's done mm-hmm. this was the first film he edited then some indie thing and then an episode of a tv show <laughs> everything else he everything else he was the assistant editor on he got his start actually as the assistant editor on child's play two and three. Hmm. Oh, interesting okay yeah. so and then he also worked on like body bags mouth of madness village of the damned so okay. he's worked he worked with carpenter in the past and then mm, i yeah. guess carpenter just put him in charge of editing but like being an assistant editor and an editor can be two completely different jobs okay like an assistant editor can't, it depends on you know your level of responsibility, but like an assistant editor mostly just collects and marks all the clips for the editor. Mm. Okay, so you're not doing the heavy lifting typically, right? You're not you're not usually doing the heavy lifting. You're just kind of finding like you're marking like this is the best clip. This might be the second best clip. You know, you kind of look at this, put it together. You um, are prior. You are creating the mise en place, if you will, more or uh, less. for the editor. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 You're like, you're basically a sous chef in a way. For yeah, the that's interesting. Interesting. I didn't. I, that's that's great insight. I would not have, never have known that. Yeah. yeah, he didn't. He he was not up for the task, obviously. No. And then obviously um, not because after that he never worked as an editor again. Yeah. He worked. He still works like as an assistant editor on a handful of TV shows. Interesting. But like he. The, Nobody, I, I, I wouldn't. <laughs> Nobody yeah. trusts this guy to edit their film. <laughs> yeah. Um, you just, you just didn't care about anyone, any of the characters in this movie at all. Like the only one the that I even cared about a little bit, and it's a hundred percent just goodwill from me loving her from other movies, is Pam Greer's character. Mm-hmm. When, when mm-hmm. she died early on. 
that was the only one that was even mildly effective because it was kind of a good practical effect with her head on a pike kind of thing. Yeah. But it was also like, oh, I kind of wanted more Pam Greer. Hey. So yeah. I kind of mourned her loss because I wanted to see her a little bit more. But otherwise, mm-hmm. you didn't care about anyone at all. It, overall, and this is my summation, I am not going to vote for this movie. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to be the first time somebody does not vote for their own movie. Uh, obviously, I didn't pick this movie, so I don't don't feel too bad about that. But um if they would have leaned into the silliness of the premise and, and just took some bigger swings and had more thumb chopping off type of scenes, right? Um, this could have been the type of flick that has a huge cult following or mm-hmm. or was poised to have a huge cult following. But it just it feels like they got caught up in that, you know, late 90s. Like I said, kind of everyone needs to, to take themselves super seriously. Matrix-ish mm-hmm. type of mentality, which you described well. Um, and, and just like no one is earnest enough to pull off the absurd confidence of a snake bliskin in this movie right like it's like i said it's just too late 90s jaded snarky type of mentality that everyone has but um it just doesn't play well you know for an otherwise film that that you should have leaned into the absurdity a little bit more like they're just too cool for school you could Um, could literally remake this movie today though and it would be everything that you want because jason statham and ice cube have that backing natasha henstridge she yeah. can do whatever because like i don't know it's her shot back like you yeah. can you can reinvigorate her the way yeah. pulp fiction did for <laughs> john travolta and it pulled and and like yeah. you just it, it's it it was supposed to be a throwback thing i just think maybe it was a little bit too soon to throw back to that stuff mm-hmm. um because the the next generation hasn't hadn't really caught on to the things like in 2001 you know i was I think when this movie came out, I was 15 or 16 years old. Mm-hmm. I wasn't, I wasn't watching Predator with the level. Like I watched Predator when it first came out. Like when I was younger, I right. loved that stuff. But like I wasn't nostalgic for that stuff mm-hmm. yet. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It almost was like it was like 10 years too early. But like if they would have leaned in more heavily and made it sillier and made it a, a I don't want to. I'm not saying like go all the way the like Mars Attacks level. But like if they would have leaned into that type of stuff more, it would have. It would have been so much better. I think Carpenter kind of wanted to, to a certain extent, but he like he just forgot to send out the memo, you know, to the yeah, performers yeah. kind of thing. <laughs> um, so, yep. that's Ghost of Mars, guys. We freaking watched it. Um, <laughs> we we tolerated it. I'm not. I didn't hate every second of it. Mm-mm. I hated the movie, but not like the experience, I, no. the experience wasn't. Yeah, like I told as you guys, as painful as other movies I've watched, but yeah, like I told you guys, as soon as it stopped and got to cut to the credits, I just like audibly just started laughing. I don't know why, <laughs> just something part of the ending. I was just like, I I can't believe I just watched that too. There was like you a little bit of that. You can't believe you sat through all that to have Ice Cube <laughs> wink at you. That that honestly, it, it, that's the thing. Is like, don't it, tell it me was that. like a, it was like a poorly made, poorly constructed sandwich. Mm-hmm. That someone handed to you, and you were like, oh, "This is questionable." But it's a then, sandwich that actually a... falls apart in your hand, pretty much. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, instead of a pickle on a on a on a toothpick, they put in the end. They put a dog turd right on top, <laughs> and just said, "Here you go." That's yours. <laughs> and you were like, I didn't like this and was not excited about it. But now that you put a dog turd on it, the second before I went to eat it, now fuck this sandwich. Like yeah. that is how that that was the last two minutes of this movie. 
So, well, fuck it. Um, before we jump into who's going next, Meg's going next. Meg's going, going next. next, right? Do you guys want to take a little breaky break, real quick, and then we'll uh, jump into movie number two? Sure. All right, we'll be right back, guys. With the Village of the Damned. Alrighty, hope you enjoyed part one of our John Carpenter roulette showdown for the spookiest and ookiest month of October. Uh, go ahead and click on over to part two whenever you're ready and catch the rest of that episode and find out uh, whose film reigns supreme, who is take home that some bitch and strap. Uh, real quick before we do that, especially if you're new to the show. Please go ahead and check us out over on the social medias if you feel so inclined. We do a lot of fun stuff over there. Uh, you can help us vote on topics, suggest topics for episodes, both showdowns and minisodes for that matter, uh, anytime by DMing us or emailing us or anything. Uh, we are at Halloween is Forever on Instagram, at Hallow Forever on Twitter, Halloween is Forever podcast on Facebook. We are at Hallow. It's at Halloween is forever pod on the old TikToks, which is brand new. So go follow us on the TikToks. I don't know if you have a TikTok. I don't, but go check it out. It's fun. Meg does that. She um, is 30, 40 years younger than us. Um, and uh, of course, as always, at Halloween is forever pod on Gmail. If you like to send old fashioned spooky emails. Bye. <laughs>